I was working 100 hour weeks because I was working in the recruiting business, let's say 50 to 60 hours a week. And then I was spending time on the weekends, learning, growing, looking at real estate. And, I, and not just the weekends, like I'd get up at like four in the morning and I would look at probate lists and, you know, landlord lists. I'm just thinking, like, how do I build this thing? So I would work between the spaces. I was very disciplined. Like I'd still come into the recruiting business. I'd still do all my activity. I was still productive, but I worked before hours, like before I started after hours and on the weekends. And then, and then one day I just told my wife, I walked in and um, I said, you know, I think I want to do this. Full time. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, if you're getting value from this podcast, make sure you leave a like, subscribe, add some comments. Guys, you're going to notice my background looks a little bit different today. You know, when I ask everybody if my background looks bad or if there's any changes that need to be made, you should change it, right? Um, I, I completely changed the background and I even left the city I was in. So right now we're in Nashville, Tennessee uh, for the RTA conference. And so really looking forward to that this week. Um, so yeah, I'm in a hotel room. It's uh, it's quite a bit different. Um, I try to make Always this. Fun. Yeah, right. I mean, I totally. Tr I try to make this uh, my my uh, podcast setup look a little bit presentable. But it's a good thing the camera's facing this way and not looking down at this thing because <laughs> it's a stack of suitcases and boxes. But guys, today we got Rob Chavez. Um, Rob's in the in the Virginia area, uh, just tearing it up, real estate investing. He just bought some land. So Rob, how's it going, man? Good, PJ. Like, I appreciate you having me on that. Yeah, thank you so much. I screwed up the time. Uh, I'm just really bad with time, time zones. So I get in here about a couple hours ago. I'm all ready to go. And I'm like, hey, Rob, where you at, man? He's like, dude, <laughs> we're not up for two more hours. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I appreciate you for bearing, you know, dealing with me on that and uh, and and showing up, man. Um, so Rob, What's uh what's the deal? Let's let's get a little background on you before we get started. Uh, let's go back in time and kind of catch us up to the point we're at now. Sure. Sure. Um, well, I think you know we were chatting a little bit before you started, and I surmise surmise that you were a military family, right? Came from a military family, uh, Air Force, I believe. And my dad was foreign service, so I spent the first 14, 15 years of my life outside of the U.S. traveling. Didn't know any better, right? That that like that was the life. Uh, 17 schools by the time I graduated high school, something like that, you know, yeah. a lot of travel, right? But I loved it. And uh, along that journey, my parents talked about real estate. They weren't great business people. They were, they were government people, but they, but because we were always looking at housing and we we're always looking at architecture, like real estate was kind of like a central focus in that conversation. And it's interesting how those conversations, when you have your, when you're with a kid with your parents, how it how later in life it kind of morphs and transforms, right? And so without knowing it, they were planting a real estate seed from an early age, right? So, um, you know, just kind of blessed to have lived that life. But uh, when I was 14, maybe 15, I moved to the U.S. full-time, uh, moved to Arlington, Virginia, because that's kind of like home base for a lot of diplomats. And... Um, Coming to the U.S. was a culture shock, to be honest with you. I was like, it was a little bit of a culture shock. I came from Australia at the time, came to the U.S., and uh, 
and then I, you know, just to kind of fast forward a little bit, wrestled in high school competitively, wrestled in college competitively, um, and that would lay the foundation for really entrepreneurship, to be honest with you, right? Uh, been an entrepreneur when I was in college, uh, mega gazillionaire, who took me under his took me under his wing and just said, "Hey, what are you going to do after college?" And I was like, "I, I have no idea. I think I want to start a business." He's like, "Well, what do you want to do right now?" I was like, "Well, you know, I don't know." He's like, "Well, come work for me and learn how to sell." And so that was my first uh, real sales job, right? And I would say. Before that, I waited tables, right? So that that is kind of like a, a service job. But this was where I had to make cold calls and deal with clients and handle his clients. And, you know, I was so green, so green and so thankful he gave me the opportunity to be able to do that because it literally was immersion, like right off the sink or swim, right? Um, just to give you perspective, like our office hour, like our meetings with this guy, super intense. Started at 6 a.m. So 6 a.m. 6 in his office, right? Wow. Um, he was also my workout partner. And it was 4 a.m. to work out with him, right? So 4 a.m. workout, 6 a.m. in the office having meetings. And then it's like leave like at 7 or 8 at night. And then he would do dinners with clients after. This guy's intense. Yeah. But that was, that was my, that was my, I love the impact that he was making in his community. It wasn't real estate. It was in financial services. Um, but that, that, that I, I wanted to do, I wanted to build what he built, right? And so that was kind of like the beginning. Yeah. So from there, um, I started because I worked for him while I was in college and a year out of college. And my best friend decided to start a recruiting business. Essentially, a guy at a bar said, hey, I'll pay you five grand if you find me a salesperson. And he had been recruiting for a large corporation. And five grand 25 years ago, right? 26 years, yeah. you know, to, to like, you know, right out of college, you're like, dude, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And he made a placement. It might have been three grand. He made a placement. And then, um, and I said, if you make a couple more, I'll come join you and we'll build this thing. And so for the next seven years, but he did. And then for the next seven years, we built a large recruiting firm that he still owns today. He bought me out in 2005 so that I could pursue my love, which was real estate, right? That, that, that was my love. So that's kind of the, the beginning of that journey. Wow. Are you still in contact with this, this guy from college, this guy that kind of brought you into the, the sales? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I talked to him all the time. I actually brought him in to my company meeting so that they can, so that my company could experience him firsthand right he's 70 now he's a total you know total badass doesn't need the work loves his clients loves what he does sold this company but he's like oh, i figure i can make another 40 million before i die you know what am i what else am i going to do like I, I love it. yeah just why not another 40 million on the pot yeah why not right so uh just an incredible human and so yeah i stay in contact with him all the time talk that's, to him all the time that's cool so you said you wrestled um Wrestling is yeah. a really hard sport. How, how yeah. I mean, I don't want to go too far off topic, but how did that, how did that prepare you for business? I mean, you were constantly working in the wrestling room and dealing with adversity all the time. Did yeah. That yeah. No, I think about this often. Um, it's wrestling and competitive sports, like at a high level competitive sports. 
teaches you a really valuable lesson. It teaches you how to incrementally get better every day at something in order to survive it, right? So you have to get incrementally better in order to, to, to be competitive, right? And you don't start awesome. Nobody does, right? It's like you, you, you do something, you create an action, that action either gets you, you know, in trouble or it does something positive and you learn from it, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, you realize, okay, what worked and what didn't work. And then you start doing more of what works and learning more of what works and doing less of what works. And so you learn this incredible thing that every day you just can get incrementally better at something. And, and then of course, you know, the mental, you know, the mental factor of, of competitive sports and wrestling. Um, you know, I always tell people that I know that I've been pushed mentally further than most humans have been on this planet. Yeah. Um, just from a discipline standpoint, not eating, making weights, like, like all of it, that um, it just builds this discipline around that you can do anything, right? Like if you can do that, you can do anything. I'm sure, you know, Navy SEALs probably feel, you know, Goggins probably like, like the hard things make you really strong, right? And then you just get this mindset of like, I can do anything. I just got to put my mind to it and make it happen. Yeah, that's interesting you see that because in wrestling and, and in, in, in uh, sports like that, you, know, you have to take a chance, right? And it could fail, yeah. but it could work, right? And, and just like you said, you're incrementally getting better. So if it fails, you go this direction. If it works, you continue to move this direction, right? Sure. Um, I think that's, a, that's the same in business though, right? And a lot of people are afraid to take that chance that doesn't work. What if I fail, yeah. right? You know, my wife's not going to get mad or she's going to get mad at me. I'm going to lose money. I could, I could look stupid. That's the biggest one, right? I could look dumb in front of everybody else. So they don't take it. They stay safe. Right, they always stay safe, but you're never going to get ahead unless you take those chances. You know, you lunge for that leg when it's probably not the sure. best to go, or you you know you go to that business and, and and try to give that business a shot when it might not work out. You know, it's probably not looking good. Um, all right, cool. Let's get past wrestling now. That's what's, okay. I can talk about that for a long time. <laughs> That's really cool stuff. Um, let's roll into real estate a little bit. So you jumped into real estate. Um, the ability to I talk about this all the time. The ability to transition from one business to the next is not easy. It's yeah. difficult. There, there has to be something there. You know, obviously you have all the wrestling, the, the other experiences. Um, how are you able to transition from recruiting into real estate? Two completely different things. You know, it's interesting. I had been, as I had, as I had started recruiting, I realized that there was something fundamentally wrong with the way we were doing that business. It was a perm business which means fee for service. Yeah. And so I wanted to um, do something one time and get paid for it forever, right? And the way we had set up the business, my partner didn't want to set up a consulting practice, which is reoccurring revenue in that business, right? He, he just wanted to keep it a perm shop, which is still is today, right? And, um, and I was like, well, how are we gonna build, how are we gonna build incremental revenue? Like, I'd love to be able to start a month and have money already because yeah. of the work I did before. So I then started exploring different avenues to be able to do that. And remember that I talked about real estate early on in the podcast where mom and dad had kind of planted that seed. I was like, you know, well, maybe we could do this with real estate. My dad had given me a book on land development and uh, I'd read, you know, like so many, you know, 
few new entrepreneurs getting into the business, Redwood's dad, poor dad. And I was like, you know, I should think about buying a rental property, like house hack. And I, I did that pretty early on, right? Like early on, so I think it was 1998, right? I was 24, 25 years old, bought, bought a property, put tenants into it. And so that kind of started the bug. So as I was building the recruiting business, I'd take the money that I was making and I would buy a property. And I'd take the money I was making and I'd buy another property. And so I just kept, you know, every year I'd buy one. And I did that for about five or six years. And then by 2005, and I, I just, I was just in love with that business. Like I can't put it any other way. Like I was working hundred hour weeks because I was working in the recruiting business, let's say 50 to 60 hours a week. And then I was spending time on the weekends, learning, growing, looking at real estate. And, it, and not just the weekends, like I'd get up at like four in the morning and I would look at probate lists and, you know, landlord lists. And I'm just thinking, like, how do I build this thing? So I would work between the spaces. I was very disciplined. Like I'd still come into the recruiting business. I'd still do all my activity. I was still productive, but I worked before hours, like before I started after hours and on the weekends. And then, and then one day I just told my wife, I walked in. And um, I said, you know, I think I want to do this full time. And by the way, that was the summer of 2005, the spring of 2005. So at the very height yeah. of the market before. Now, the blessing of that was I'd experienced the tech recession before in my business, in the recruiting business. So I knew what irrational exuberance felt like. And I also knew what it felt like not to have any business come in. Right, like literally the spigot in the recruiting business, 2002 got turned off. So I told my wife, "Listen, we're, I think we're going to go. I want to do this full time, but real estate's going to go through some kind of recession. So I think if we can get through whatever that is, once we get toward, you know, like through the valley and to the other side, we'll be well positioned." Yeah. I just didn't know how bad it was going to be. I didn't know it was going to be the worst <laughs> real estate meltdown since the Great Depression. Right? <laughs> um, and so that's what we did. I, and my wife just said, you know, I believe in you. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, shit. Right. Because at this point in time, we had bought uh, a house in McLean. So I don't know if you know McLean. McLean's like an affluent area in our, in, in our market. We, we just had, uh, you know, a little baby girl a couple of years earlier. Uh, my wife wasn't working. So this was like, and I was leaving very good income, right, for a business that I built for seven years. And to start all over again, but my gut said, do this, right? And we'll figure it out. The truth is I didn't have, a, like when I look back, I was like, just stupid, right? I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a mentor. <laughs> I didn't have a process. I didn't have a performer. I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't, I just had intuition, right? <laughs> and a belief that I would figure it out yeah. because I figure shit out, right? Mm, I like so that. that was so that so that was that was kind of it, man. And then and then you know, I spent I call it the next four years um, in the wilderness, lost trying to figure it, <laughs> trying to figure it out, and hustling just hard enough to be able to make it work, right? Oh. But never really make you know making a living, but not making a life type of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. it took about four years for me to actually understand my model and the model that I wanted to build. Like, who did I want to be in the world of real estate? 
uh, because there was a lot, there's a lot of choices, right? You could be the land guy, you could be the agent, you could be the wholesaler, the fix and flipper, the developer, like, you know, and I was like, I was like, who am I in this world? Yeah. And it took, it took a little bit of time for me to figure that out. Uh, but once I figured it out, it was like, you know, it's like, once you have a North star, then you're, you're good. And, yeah. um, so that, that's, that's how the journey started, you know, fast forward today, just to give you some insight, we'll, we run kind of a diverse portfolio of properties, uh, of, of businesses, and um, we have teams, real estate teams, agent teams that focus on hyper-local geographic territories. And we'll do about 200 million in volume in those te teams. We have a construction arm, we have a property management business, we have an investment arm, and then I have our personal investments. And, and what we're doing is kind of like we're incubating, we're like a business incubator, and I have leaders that are partners with me in those businesses. And um, and it's interesting how like that kind of like evolved, but it started with, it started purely on the investment side, then moved yeah. to the agent side. And then it's kind of my kind of play played in the middle, right? So I was like hardcore agent, right? I mean, I'm sorry, hardcore investor, hardcore agent. And then it's like, now I kind of, I do both. And I call it, you know, the agent investor. And, uh, and I build businesses around, Real estate entrepreneurship. Wow. Okay. So there's so much to unpack there. That's such a big story. Sure, sure. No, that's a lot. It's a lot. The main thing I want though the people to pick up is that actually not the main thing. One of the main things is that you worked a lot and you didn't you didn't ignore your current your job, right? So you you still went to work. You still had to work. You can't just quit your job and jump into your this new thought, right? This new idea. Before you were working, you were grinding away at this other job. Probably still getting those workouts in too. After work, you're still grinding away doing this. On the weekends, you're doing it as well. Plus, you got to maintain a family and a life. You, you you can't go crazy, you know, working in these businesses. You can't go too crazy. You can go a little bit crazy. Um, but that's that's key. I think that's what people really need to pay attention to is it's not easy. And it's not meant to be easy. You know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing this, right? There would be a ton of, of Rob Chavez's out there. There wouldn't It wouldn't be interesting. Right, but it's hard. It's very difficult. So the fact that you grind, you're grinding away and 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 doing it is is that's the that's one of the keys I want to really make sure people pay attention to and don't kind of gloss over that. Um, I heard I heard one of my one of my mentors say that obsession is a business model, right? Obsession can be like a business that. model. Now the issue is that when you do work that hard, you uh, can if you're not careful burn the ones you love around you because mm -hmm. like as a as a highly focused self-disciplined person i'm just having fun building stuff right yeah. but you know along in that journey one of the big lessons i've learned was you know the whole i don't know if you read like the five love languages mm -hmm. um yeah. right yeah and so like nobody i, I was like somebody should have given me this book right when i got <laughs> married right it's only after the fact when you start experiencing some pain and, you know, realizing that my wife is a quality time person. And the one thing that I wasn't providing was quality time because I'm building things and having fun building things. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you have to like life is about kind of counterbalancing, right? You got to be good at counterbalancing, yeah. right? There's no such thing as balance. It's like there's a season to work really hard, but then make sure that you're paying attention to the, the things that matter most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, by the way, that's what a good mentor, a coach, or podcast does is kind of help reveal some of those lessons along the way from 
entrepreneurs that sometimes might have gotten too close to the sun, right? Yeah. yeah. And if, if you're not careful, like it will burn you. So, so give us an example of that then. Um, you know, a lot of people listening to this have a spouse at home, right? They right. want to grind away. They've got this idea. They're going to grind away. Give us like an example of something where you were able to, to um, keep a family life, keep sure. a home life intact. I think the biggest thing is, and I know this doesn't sound super sexy, <laughs> but it, but it, but it matters is that everything needs to be time blocked and scheduled, right? Because if you don't, like the day just kind of gets away from you. So it's like, hey, there should be a dinner time and that should get scheduled, right? And when you're at dinner, like this device needs to get turned off. Tell my and kids whatever, Yeah, and whatever happens, <laughs> like it, the, the person will survive it, right? But for a long time, that wasn't me. Like I'm at dinner, I'm answering calls, I'm doing deals, right? Oh, I'm just having, I'm and so- we, I had to learn. I was like, okay, what's a model for this? Model is, um, in fact, you know, I, I'm with, I'm with Keller Williams, right? So Gary Keller is kind of like, I, I look at him as a, as a model. And, and Gary, Gary said something one time, and it, it made me change this whole like, like work all the time kind of mentality. Uh, although my team would tell you I'm obsessed, but, um, <laughs> Gary said, if you work past like five thirty or six o'clock, you're cheating. Hmm. right? You're cheating your family. You're cheating your health. You're just cheating. You got to learn how to do more and less time. And that means you got to compress your time and learn how to execute within the time that you give it. And not all things are created equal. Yeah. And you need to focus on the things that matter most, right? In business. And then you got to focus on the things that matter most in a relationship. And then you got to focus on things that matter most with help, right? And it can all be put into a calendar and just say, okay, now, hey, this is family time, right? Yeah. And so um, I didn't get that in the beginning because remember, my model early on was watching somebody from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. <laughs> and he was super successful. So I thought that that's what success looked like. And he was a multi-millionaire. You know, and then I met a billionaire. And the billionaire, right? had a different life, right? And, I, and, and he worked less. And mm. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. you know, choose your profits. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you're, you mentioned Gary Keller, um, my favorite book ever. Gary Keller and Jay Papazan is the, is the one thing. Uh, right, great book. Yeah, dude, great it's book. a great book. And it actually talks about what you just said, you know, focus on one thing in each aspect of your life, right? When you're with your, your spouse, focus on your spouse and not on your phone. And um, when you're in business, focus on one aspect of business and, and you know, master that. Uh, super good book, guys. If you get a chance, check out The One Thing by Jay Papazan and Gary Keller. That's a really, really good book. Um, actually, my wife read it too. So it's a, uh, it's not just me saying that. Sure, that's um, great. All right, man. So we're in real estate now. We're running along. What does the business look like today? So we've got that that team that does two hundred million in volume. Mm -hmm. I've got a construction arm that's run by uh, a, a partner of mine. Right. Uh, been we've been in business together for thirteen years now. Uh, we have an investment arm that buys. Uh, been buying a lot of Airbnbs lately. I heard you talk about that a little bit earlier. So we've been yeah. buying a lot of Airbnbs, and in fact, I mentioned to you about twenty six acres. It's really the first bigger parcel of land that I bought with the idea of it's got a house on it. It's zoned agricultural. We want to tr try to get it so that we could put on some glamping sites, 
nice. kind of create a whole experience, maybe some kind of, you know, wedding type of thing. I don't know. We're just having, like, we're having fun. I know we're having fun, right? It's on the river. It's got a cool view. So we're working through that. Um, the business I'm, I, I work more on the business than, than in the business. Right. So I haven't been in day-to-day production for some time, although every now and then I, I get in there so I can keep my, my skills fresh, uh, working through people and empowering other people to build their thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Putting it back on track when it looks like it's getting off, off track. Um, and uh, we run the largest real estate investment network in the world that's agent-led. It's called GRID, so GRID Investor. Yeah. That was a passion project of mine. That's actually a kind of shape, the little passion project of mine nice. that, uh, that I run with uh, two business partners. And we've got 20,000 members, 30 communities across the U.S. And um, that thing's turning into a big thing. That little thing's yeah. turning into a big thing. And it's I want to talk to you about that, too. Um, yeah. about grid because it's a podcast and it's a networking group right it's an in-person yeah. meetup group that's right it's there it's a community mm-hmm. of real estate investors right and the community lead there's community there's 30 community leaders across the country right now we want to grow to a thousand community leaders across the country and they're they're agent investors so they're like me right they're kind of like that hybrid type of person where they understand the retail game but they also understand the investment game, and when you and when you understand both, you that it's really rocket fuel to be honest with you. And so they empower the community with information, wholesaling, rehabbing, subject tos, lease options, being the bank, and we just kind of created a system so that they can deliver it to their local community, and help empower other people to build wealth on that journey. So it is a meetup group that is all under an umbrella called Grid with community leaders that are running those communities, right? In a nutshell, you're absolutely right, PJ. It is a meetup group, right, that is under one brand, so Grid, because it has one message, which is to help really uh, help other people build wealth and create impact at the local level. Mm-hmm. And they're run by agent investors that understand the game and they, they deliver content. And so it's a database for them. It's a database building exercise. And normally they're they're in love with running those groups, and those groups provide them listings and buyers and money and deals and you know it really kind of follows the law of reciprocity, right? So when you help other people get what they want, you get everything that you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, in person meetup groups are such a big deal too, um, and I and I think they're very difficult for for people to get into and get started in. You know, I live in Denver. We have uh, we have some big, some names that you would know in real estate, Bigger Pockets and a few of the other sure. uh, networking groups that are that are there. Um, and and I go quite a bit and you see the new guy show up and they're, they're nervous and they're wearing a suit and they're very, and they're, they're giving you their card and they tell you how much money they're going to make you. And I'm like, hey man, relax, dude. You know, look around, man. Everyone's kind of relaxed. We're all talking, have a grab a drink, just sit down and talk to people, tell them who you are. How do you structure your group? Um, probably sure. knowing that that exists out there and there's all these new guys that are super nervous. Yeah, that's a great question. So we, our group is like, well, we had ours last night, for example. So we had 40 people in the room. And what we'll do is we always just kind of give a big, hey guys, just know like we're up here. Today's Tonight's topic is about apartment buildings. 
but we don't claim to be gurus or experts and nobody's selling you books and tapes in the back of the room. Like what we want to do is share with you what we've learned. We want to pull from you guys what you've learned. This is a mastermind discussion. And the way we love to start off is always like just getting people to understand like who's in the room, right? If you're brand new, same brand new, if you experience some, I'm experienced, you got a deal you want to share. So you got a deal you want to share, but like, let's just do some basic intros, like 30 second elevator pitch, like go. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, Hey, I'm BJ. I'm brand new. I'm just here to learn. Like, you know, nice yeah. to meet you guys. And that's it. And I we go through that really fast. It takes about 30 minutes. Right. And what I tell people is pay attention to who's in the room because what we're going to, what we're going to show you tonight, we're going to give you strategies and ideas, but, but really what's really valuable are the relationships that you meet in this room, right? Oh. So pay attention to who's in the room and then ask somebody out for a cup of coffee. Ask PJ out for a cup of coffee, right? Like figure out how you could add value to somebody's life. When you add value to somebody's life, you, you'll get value, right? And so I, I coach them on how to network with other people and create an environment that makes it friendly for them to be able to do that. And then what I do is I pay attention and I listen and I connect people in the room. So I'm a connector, right? I'm like, oh, you're looking for money? You gotta go talk to Agatha. Agatha's got a shitload of money. Like she will help you, right? She, she's a private lender. So I'm a connector. Yeah. And the more I can pull from people and empower them in that room, connect them, create a community the bigger that room just grows right and so you know we uh in the dc metro area i think we have like because this is where we started uh 12 or 13 communities right all mm -hmm. like one in Falls church one in reston like one in arlington Mer you know baltimore bethesda so like all over and, and real estate is we tried to make them so they were about 30 to 40 minutes away from each other and, um, but also, you know, we're, we're now, we just launched, this is fascinating. We just launched our first grid, which is all done in Spanish. So we're going to have wow. a leader that delivers it 100% Super in Spanish smart. so that they can help their community build wealth. Right. And yeah. so we've got that going on in Richmond and we've got uh, one that's getting qualified because you have to qualify to be a leader, right? There's this. Mm -hmm. Show us, show us that you meet this basic qualification, and then we interview them. And then if they, right, if they pass the qualification, we like them, we award them a, a community. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, that that's that it. point is really cool. Um, I think people lose a lot of business not having Spanish speaking, either assistants on the team, or or people yeah. leading the group all together. Um, you know, I usually use virtual assistants that will speak. Uh, Spanish, but having somebody there, I mean, that can speak the language and can under explain things to people that maybe, you know, sure. my broken Spanish isn't going to help anybody, but to make it clear and easy to understand, man, if you're in real estate, you're missing a huge market if you're not embracing that. I mean, you're missing a, a, a very large market. Um, so day to day was, first of all, why is it, maybe you've already said why the name grid, what is the name grid? Well, it started first with with plugging, think of like the matrix, right? Like mm -hmm. plugging into the grid, right? Yeah, like the power is in the network, right? That's and awesome. then we, and then later we kind of developed an acronym for grid, right? Which is like, hey, grow your database. Cause like, it's a, this is about, you know, growing your database, right? And yeah, there's like return on relationships. Like this is a relationship building platform, right? And yeah. invest in people and assets, right? That, that, that's, that's important. 
And then it's like, you know, do the right thing and have fun in the business. It's like together we all kind of achieve more. Right. And so, you know, but the, the genesis was plugging to the grid, be part of the network, right. And get powered by the network. Yeah. That, that's really cool too. I am like, I was, I was kind of saying earlier when, when people are, are, are new and they go into these groups, they try to, they think immediately, what can I get from this group? Right. Like what, what am I going to get? Um, and, and, and it's different. If you go into it thinking, what can I give? How can I help somebody? How can I tell them a cool story that they might be able to resonate with? Um, that's where you really, you get it in return, right? You know, when you're giving, you're going to get more by doing that. Just running this podcast. I mean, I try to help people, connect people, you know, hey, hey, Rob, I, I was on, on the pod. I had this guy on a podcast maybe three months ago. He was awesome. I think you guys would meet. It'd be a great fix. Maybe you guys do a great deal together. You know, maybe way down the line, I do a deal with whoever, you know, with you guys. Yeah. Who knows? But you go into it thinking, here's what I can give. I got these cool stories. I have something really good in my, in my mind, in my business that I can give somebody. Oh my God. It helps so much long-term and bigger picture. You know, it helps a lot more when you're the guy who shows up and you're like, Hey guys, you know, I got this thing, this, this person, you guys got to meet him. He's got great deals. He's got a great idea. Boom. And then you're like, whoa, I didn't even know, you know, I didn't even know this was going to happen today. I got this great deal. I mean, this is great. You're the, you're my new best friend. You know, you're hooking me up with all kinds of people. You know, it's so interesting. Think about this. Last night, I said, we, we had ours. And there was this guy that, that came in and um, he was in construction and he had like this construction vest on, right? Like the neon bright, like construction vest on, right? And that right off the bat, like made him stand out. Like, you're like, he didn't take off the construction bus right (laughs) uh but he was really dynamic guy and he had this like really nice high-end camera i saw him taking pictures right and i was like uh you know after we got done like kind of talking about apartments we were i went up to him and started talking to him i was like hey man what's up the camera like that thing's super nice he's like oh i love taking pictures i love coming to investment groups and i take pictures of the room and the energy and the people and then I send them to the host as like a gift because like you've given me a gift, right? And no I was like, way. I was like, dude, that is awesome, right? Like what a yeah. great idea. And of course, I find that super valuable, right? Because he took pictures of the room and he sent me like, so who made an imp- He made an impression, right? Totally. Brilliant. And, and, you know, one thing I always try to give people tips on when they go into like a networking event or something like that. Right. That's a great idea. Right. Like I, you, I see you that's nodding genius, head. man. That's so genius. Cool. Right. Genius. Um, but I always try to tell people if you sit, you know, if you stand in the room and say, I'm a real estate investor. Right. Like, like that just kind of glosses over everybody. Right. Or I'm a wholesaler that glosses or I'm a rehabber. Right. You have to be really specific and really purposeful. So it's like, Hey, I'm a wholesaler that focuses exclusively on this market. Right. Hey, I specialize specifically in this. And what that does is it actually creates like you know, the reticular activation system in your brain. Like, oh, I know somebody in that market I need to connect you with. Right. But like you said, you tell a good story about how you do deals in a particular market. Yeah. Then it jogs the memory. They're like memory joggers. So my biggest advice is always to try to tell people to be specific when they enter, enter into those rooms and ask for what you're looking for. Ask for what you're looking for, right? Or they'll never know. If you don't ask them, no one's ever going to know, 
right? Yeah. You, you, you can't be quiet in, in the corner of the room forever. I really like that picture story, man. I might, I might get me a new camera. Go up to the, the next. Great idea. Yeah, it's, that's genius. And and guys, networking is such a big deal. It's like, um, I, I can't even describe how big it is. It's 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 such a huge part of your business um, and, and the future of your business and the future of whatever you do. It's it's so, so, so important. We had, it was, it's funny, you were talking about a potential wedding venue on that that land. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had two guys on, on a podcast uh, six, eight months ago. Uh, I connected the two of these guys. I'm like, hey, yeah, you guys should meet each other. It'd be awesome. They ended up doing a uh, a wedding chapel in I want to say Virginia, Southern Virginia, maybe uh, along the the big mountain, whatever the mountains are out there. Uh, they yeah, did a Shenan- yeah. Yes, Shenandoah. Blue mountains. Yeah, but it was probably in Shenandoah. Is what I'm thinking. Two million dollar deal, uh, split between two guys. Just because, just because I'm like, hey, dude, you should meet this guy. He's a really super interesting guy. I mean, if you think you guys would really connect, really hit it off, two million bucks, just like that. How about go. that? That's I don't cool. get I don't get paid for it, but who cares, right? I mean, down the road, something you it, will get paid for it at some other point in time somehow. It's just how it works, yeah. right? Just, just how amazing. It works. It's just amazing when you do things like that. Um, you know, with and obviously you're getting a return. You know, you get a built. You're building this amazing network of people. You can yeah. call anybody. You can call a guy. You know, a land guy, and you know, up near Baltimore, or you know, maybe a guy near DC that's going to give you some money. I mean, dude, you now you could, you built this network where you can call all kinds of people and they know you by name now, Rob. You know, they're sure. like, oh, that's Rob. That's Rob. This this the guy. I, I always talk to Rob. He's a cool guy. He's easy to talk to. You know, we, we do deals all the time. No big deal. And it's not like awkward, um, but you yeah. built it the right way by, you know, making people your friends, I guess. <laughs> sure. That's it. Actually, I always tell my, I always tell my, uh, my team, right. When they, when they're, I almost want to get rid of the word lead generation and yeah. just say, our job is to make friends. Yeah. Go out and make a friend today. That's your job. Go make a friend, right? When you start thinking about lead generation, it's like kind of like a taking conversation. Yeah. It almost feels totally. like it's taking, right? But if you're like, my job is just go make friends, make somebody, like give somebody knowledge, right? Give yeah. somebody something valuable. Like then it changes and reframes everything. Yeah. And you're it's, like, it's great, man. I, I could go do that. Yeah. yeah. And you're telling these new people that too. So it takes all the stress off, right? Yeah. All that stress is gone. Lead generation, dude, I'm fresh out of college. I don't even, I don't know anybody. I know like 10 dudes and they're drinking beers in my old house right now. You know, it's, yeah. it's like they don't, but if you say, Hey, go make some friends like, yeah, do that all the time. That's easy. All right. So Rob, how can people get hold of you? Um, they can go to gridinvestor.com, right. And uh, get a hold of me directly from there. Follow me on Instagram at uh, Rob Chavez, pretty simple, right? Um, those are probably the two biggest ways, right? Uh, I think for us, the biggest value would be just for people to kind of discover grid, right? We're looking for community leaders all across the country. So there might be somebody listening to this right now. It's like, hey, I'm an agent investor. I love people building wealth. Like I want to talk to Rob about that, right? And what, what does that model look like? And I'm happy to kind of share that model and uh, and help them implement it, whatever business they've got, right? So gridinvestor.com or just look me up on Instagram. All right, Rob, Rob Chavez on in Instagram. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you though too, what sure. would you tell a new person, brand new guy in your industry, what would you tell that guy to, to get moving in the right direction? So let's... I'll say if it's 
if they're focused, let's say they have their license, right? And let's say they um, also have an interest in real estate investing. So let's look at that person, that avatar, right? The first thing I would get them to, to think about is like, okay, what am I building? What do I want to build? And who do I want to serve? And I've got this passion for uh, investments and I've got this license. And I'm like, how do I marry these two kind of together? And what I would say is focus on controlling listings, focus on controlling inventory, right? And understand that when you control inventory, like it's it's controlling a piece of property with a pay, piece of paper, very similar to controlling a piece of property with like a wholesale contract. It's the same business. It's a sales and marketing business, right? And so you need to, to know that, that your job is to go control inventory. And then you have to ask yourself, well, how would I get that inventory? Who would I talk to to get that inventory, right? Yeah. And the way you would start by getting that inventory is you would focus on absentee landlords, could be a target for that, right? Deep equity, anybody like anybody that's owned a property for a really, really long time, and it looks like it needs some work, right? You could do that by just driving around, looking at properties that look like they need to look, look checking them out on the tax record, and then direct mailing them, calling them, and having a small targeted list like that. So the, the idea would be to go small and focused on who you want to serve as opposed to just trying to cast a really big net. And people, when you first start off, you, you think that like you need to cast a really big message and a really big net and be all things to all people. And the truth is you can't be all things to all people. And when your message is really, really big and broad, you're not talking to anybody. And the more that you can make your niche like really focused, like be the land guy or be the agent investor guy, right? Like you, you go from a red ocean to a blue ocean. And so go, go really niche would be my advice. And then commit to that and, um, and go deep, right? And go hard. And, and then personally, I would say, instead of spent like me spending four or five years out trying to figure it out, find a mentor who's going to say, hey, this is exactly how you should do it, right? Because they could literally take five years and help you accomplish that in a year or six months, yeah. right? And so the power of that relationship is really probably the most important thing that somebody can do, right? Don't try to do it alone, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Rob, I, I always say a, a mentor is like a cheat code for life. It's like a yes. cheat code in like, like a video game, you know? It gets you to the final yeah. level. You know what I mean? And and it seems like you've built a, a system already that a new guy could jump into, learn from, plug into pretty much and get running right away. Yeah. I, I, and and uh, you, you could find this, like, the other thing I would say is listen to what your intuition is telling you to build, right? Meaning, I meet some people and, and you just know that they scream luxury. They scream luxury, right? And they're like, okay, hey, go build that thing, right? Then there's some other people that are like, oh, like I'm really into like the investment game. Okay, we'll build that thing, right? But sometimes what happens is you get distracted because you see Billy Bob in the corner doing something like, that's pretty cool. I want to do that. Oh, now I see Sue doing that over there. Well, oh, shoot, I want to do a little, I want to do that. Like get quiet, ask yourself, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be at the end of this game? Right. And then go find the people that have already done that and then just learn from them. Right? You don't have to go work for them, but you learn from them or go work for them, right? Either one. 
Yeah, it's a cheat absolutely. code, just like you said. Great, great answer, man. Great answer. All right, Rob, are you ready for this one? Here's the big question we sure. ask at the end of every podcast. Man, you already have your answer. You already bought land, but all right, we're gonna we're gonna go with this anyway. We are land life. We buy and sell dirt, dirt and trees for the most part. If you could buy land anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Easy. It would be uh, Santa Teresa, Costa Rica, right? Um, it's a blue zone. So I don't know if you're familiar with like the blue zone. It's one of the areas, there's seven places in the world where people live, uh, oh, like the, 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 there's a, a population of people that are over, a big population of people that live past 100 right? Mm -hmm. Because of lifestyle and culture and food and all that stuff. And um, it's beautiful. Like it's on the beach. Uh, I've been there a bunch of times, right. came really close to buying land there one time, right? And, um, you know, my little sister was born in Costa Rica and I have really fond memories of mm -hmm. living in that country when I was younger. And so I have a vision sometime in the future, I will own land there and we'll set up uh, villas and a retreat and bring in business, real estate people from all over the world to hang out, have oh. fun, learn a little bit, right? Fish a little bit, have explore a little bit, right? And enjoy life and talk, talk business, right? All from Costa Rica. And so I'm sorry, what's, the, what is the name of this little, little area again? Yeah, it's called, uh, St. Teresa. So Santa Teresa, Santa right? Teresa. Okay. Yeah, right on, man. in the, the Nokoya Peninsula. And uh, I remember I wrote that down, I think when I was like 23, 24 years old, long time ago, still kind of, I didn't have the place, but that's, that's one of the places, right? Yeah, maybe it's go time here soon. Come on, Rob, let's do it. Let's, hey man, let's, I, let's... I, yeah, I, it's all about timing, right? Yeah, gotta right? Got to let this recession potential, like affect everything. And then I'll go buy something. We'll, we'll do an interview again in about a year's time and we'll see if, uh, if you found that deal and um, see if I can make it work. I will accept that invite to the, <laughs> to the brand new uh, retreat out there and uh, we'll do awesome, the podcast man. there next year. That'd be great. Right okay, man. Hey, Rob, thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending your time and, uh, and dealing with my, uh, my time issues here. And uh, my pleasure. Man. Thank you so much. That was fun. Thanks man. All right, guys. I'll see you next time on land life.